So today we are really excited to have Matisse Stiebel, uh current Philadelphia 76er. First round draft pick was pick number 20 in this last year's draft. Obviously one of the biggest and best defensive players um, in the country last year in college basketball. Got National Defensive Player of the Year at the University of Washington. Grew up in Australia, Arizona, Seattle, and uh, we're excited to get to it with them. So Matisse, ready to have you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Okay, we jump right to it here in five questions. So th this isn't a podcast. This isn't a long, you know, winded interview by us. It's going to be all of your answers. Uh, question number one, as a ninth and 10th grader, you weren't highly recruited or sought after. You weren't this varsity player right away. You weren't always the most talented guy running around. So tell us a little bit about your high school path and how that has impacted your mindset today. The coach came up to me at, uh, at tryouts and he's like, you're, you're a good player, you're a talented athlete and all these things. But he's like, I don't, he basically told me, he's like, I don't know if you really have it in you. He's like, I need you to prove to me that like, you deserve to be on J JV, junior varsity, or you deserve to be on the varsity team. And I, once you're able to do that, then then you can have it. And and essentially the way my my freshman season played out, it kind of, it took that path. I, and I couldn't tell you exactly how many games I played, but I started off with the freshmen and the C team guys, and then got bumped up, was playing JV, and then was going back and forth a little bit, but kind of like how you're on JV and you save five minutes or two quarters for the varsity, but you never actually get in. And then towards the end of the season, I got called up because I went to Skyline High School and Skyline was playing Bothell, and Bothell was home of Zach Levine. And for some reason, they thought freshman Matisse was gonna be able to come out and guard him. And this was my first real varsity game I ever played in. And I had, I think I had two steals and two blocks on it. And I don't, I, I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating, but it was the craziest, it was the craziest thing ever. That's awesome. That's really, really, how, how do you think, just to kind of finish that question off, how has that, you know, your path, not, you know, how has that impacted your mindset today still? I mean, it easily just forced me to have to, to earn, like nothing was just handed to me. Like it, even from, from that, that first that first season in high school. And I was never, even after that year, I was not, nobody knew who I was. I was like the little skinny kid who played a good game against a good player, but I, and it didn't, I didn't start to get recognized until honestly my junior year in high school. And that, and people were like, like, who is this kid? Where is he from? And I'm like, I've been here the whole time. Like nobody, but nobody cared. And it was just like, it took, it took until my junior year to get a name, to actually create a name for myself and actually, and get my first like college scholarship offer. And then my senior year is when things just started to blow up. Matisse, that was a great answer. I mean, I, I know a lot of young kids are gonna follow your path on that journey. You know, they don't, that maybe didn't get to play a ton as a freshman or sophomore, wasn't a varsity player. Obviously we have Matt King with us who, who's helping me and big part of this be better, be different message. So uh, he's going to jump into question number two of five questions with you, my man. Matisse, thanks for your time. It seems like we live in a generation where kids are just as much concerned with how many likes they get or how many followers they have than whether or not they're winning games or competing as hard as they possibly can. you got some juice right now on social media, and you're doing some pretty incredible and, and uh, creative things. My question to you is, how do you balance that? How do you balance what you're doing off the floor and your creativity off the floor with your competitive nature and your desire to win on the floor. 
And that, that's a really good question. I think, I mean, there's a lot to it. Um, the social media stuff, I mean, I, there was a point in my life where I was really concerned with how many followers I had. And I wanted to get X amount of likes on every photo. And if I post, if the picture been up for an hour and it didn't have this many likes, I'm like, God, like, what is wrong? But then once, but the craziest part about it was like when I let go of that, that's when it all started to happen. And now I don't have any attachment to it. Like you could, I think I have 200,000 followers. I, I had six months ago, I probably had 10,000 followers. Like, but you could take them away and I would still be the same person because I realized like it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, the only reason people follow me is because I am myself. And, and like that spoke way louder than me trying to be something that people wanted to see. And then that's like how that translates onto the court. A lot of like the, the older generation say like, if you had any interest outside of basketball, you didn't, you weren't focused, you didn't care enough, like you weren't driven, you weren't motivated enough. And I found that so difficult because I had so many, I was too curious. I wanted to do other things. I wanted to be creative. I wanted to do these things. But for me, it, I had to serve, I had to, I had to feed that curiosity. And in turn, like I, I had this, this guilt or this feeling in the back of my mind, like, well, if I'm doing this, that means I have to work harder in basketball. So they can't tell me I'm not focused. They can't tell me I didn't work hard enough. So it, it, it they both serve to actually help each avenue grow in and of itself. Yeah. Matisse, that's awesome, brother. And I've been lucky enough. Um, don't let it go to your head when I say I've been lucky enough to work with you and be around you because I know how serious you take your work and, and, and how much you put in. And you know, I'm really, really proud of that. But I think that's so good for a lot of players and coaches to hear um, that, yeah, you were curious, you, you did feed that curiosity, you do have fun, but because of that, you work even harder at times to make sure you have the appropriate balance. Um, that, that's big time. Jumping into a, a big time basketball question here, and this is something you know I, I respect and admire you a ton about, but a lot of kids just aren't getting this. Like, like kids don't get this. You have made a name for yourself by being this amazing defender. You don't always get to score the most points. You don't always get the most shots, but you've been National Defensive Player of the Year. You're, as a rookie, you're one of the top three and D guys you know, in the league this year as a rookie. And pretty much you just do the stuff that others don't. And you've had to do that like throughout your college and high school career. Like what do you have to sacrifice to do that to be able to be that guy, be secure enough who you are. Like a lot of these kids, they want to just score points, score points, have every article written about them. You obviously had to sacrifice a lot to uh, to just be be who you are and make it because of how you made it. What do you have to give up? In my mind, I don't see that I had to give up anything. Like I, I understood from a young age, my dad, and I can take it back to when I was a little kid, my dad knew nothing about basketball, but he's like an intelligent person. He's curious. And, and I think that's a large reason why I'm, who I am today, but he realized like with basketball, if, if a kid can play defense, he can find his way into the court. He's like, it's the kids who can't play defense who have to be the top 1% in offense in order to find their way out there. And I guess a little kid, like I didn't really understand it, but I kind of latched onto that idea and it just, it, it grew. And you, you see it throughout my career. I mean, at, at Washington, I was, I was never our leading scorer. I was probably at most our third option at one point. And I still managed to start every single game I played there for four years. I, I'm, I was the Pac-12 defensive player of the year two years in a row. And it's like all those, all that attention and all the accolades that everyone wants that they think they're gonna get through offense, like they all showed up for me defensively. And that wasn't even my goal. 
And to think that I'm doing something that literally stems from effort and like heart and will, like that, it, it, it blows my mind that more people don't want to take that route because there's there's a place for you on every team. There's there's only going to be one or two scorers on each team, but there's a place for a defender on every single team. There's every single roster spot requires someone who can play defense. Matisse, I believe that a leader's ceiling is determined by their pain tolerance, and you are not a guy that has walked an easy road. You lost your mom to leukemia. And as I was researching you, I heard a story about you in high school on your senior night that moved me. And I just want you to tell that story if you can, and then also to how you have used tragedy in your life to impact and influence others. My senior night in high school was actually two days after my mom had passed away. So she had passed away on a Wednesday, on a Monday morning, and senior night was Wednesday. And I had two days, or like a day and a half, really, to try and figure out, like, can I play in this game? And I was lucky enough to have mentors and family members to give me the space to try and make the decision for myself. But I just remembered hearing so many stories of, like, and you know, this, there's a story of Chris Paul, whose grandfather died. And then he went out and scored like 60 points, something crazy. And then there's like, you, you hear all these stories of players who go through something traumatic and do something amazing. And so in my mind, I just tried to adopt some of that. And then I also just thought of the fact that like, this is what, like, she would have wanted me to do this. Like she wouldn't like want anything to take away from me being able to do what I love and like what I find passionate. And I mean, I went into this game and it was like, if you can find pictures of it, like I had to be carried down the court when they do the whole senior, when they like say your name, you bring out the flowers, cause you're supposed to bring your flowers and give them to your mom. Like I didn't have my mom that I give the flowers to. So it was like a devastating start to a game and just like, I mean, just an event in my life. But I didn't have the spectacular game that you hear about in the stories. I didn't score 60 points. I didn't do anything crazy. I think I had 17 points, but we won. And like, I was able to fulfill like that thing within me that's like, I did it. Like I didn't, I wasn't defeated by like, I was able to celebrate her life by still doing what it is I love and that she loved to watch me do. It's hard because people, you can't understand what it's like to go through, like to experience a death like that or anything that people experience unless you've, you've gone through it. Like you can only empathize so much. And for me, what I realized like very early on was that I, I now have this ability to connect with so many people who might feel like they're alone or feel like no one knows what it feels like. And then on top of that, to be a basketball player, like I have I have an even bigger platform than, than your average person. And so like with those two things, it was so motivating for me to continue to grow as a person and excel as a basketball player because I can be this example for people that, that they don't have to be held back by things that go on, like go from tragedies they experience or whatever difficulties that they have, but it can be something that is a motivating factor, like you said, and can help you achieve success. Hey, you know what? I'll tell you this, man. Like we talk about being better and being different, and when you're both of them, you're you become like special. And I'm just gonna tell you those last 30 seconds. Like there's some kid listening to that who's special. So I appreciate that. Thank you. 
So, so to piggyback off that, Matt, Matt King just threw me a lob for question number five. And, and Matisse, what's cool about this question, every single guy we've had on here, CJ McCollum, more guys to come, um, guys like you, we always end with the same question. Because like you just said, when, when you're better, that's an advantage. Or if you're different, that, that's an advantage. But if you're both, you're elite. So last question, number five, what does it mean to be better and be different to you? I don't see it like there being a choice. I feel like you have to be that. And I feel like because I've tried to be that for most of my life, most of my career, I that's why I'm where I am today. Like doing what everyone else is doing is not gonna get you where you wanna go. You're gonna end up where everyone else is and that's not in the NBA. That's not like the things that you wanna achieve. And so that the being different part is, is a mandatory. And then doing better is for me within like within myself, I. I'm so competitive and I, I'm constantly challenging myself to be better than I was that you can't you can't not grow. You can't not develop. And with those two factors, I don't see how you can't achieve everything you want to do. Matisse, you're awesome, brother. I uh, I know you, you, you made us famous a little bit with your TikTok wearing the Be Better, Be Different hoodie. So, uh, but but you wearing that and, and you living that definition is what this is all about. So um, we, we hope a lot of coaches, leaders, people, players are impacted by five questions with you. And, uh, you know, Coach King and myself, we're, um, we're, we're grateful to have you, man. Your, your story's awesome. Thank you. I love what you guys are doing. I'm glad to be a part of it.